Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Yeah, thank you. Uh, We are looking at the last few verses of Mark chapter 6. Thank you, Mark. Superstars. Uh, And River Kids team, I didn't know that uh, the disciples of Jesus went from a pommy to an ochre accent, but, you know... um, it's beautiful. Well done. Thank you. Uh, our River Keys team, uh, we should just express our thanks to our River Keys team, what they've done over that period of time. Yeah. Not easy, and they've stepped up to the plate time and time again. So uh, thank you very much. <clears throat> hey, so uh, we've nearly finished for another year. And I'm sure we'd love to be able to say that's all, folks, at so many levels, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we love to be able to say that? But look, perhaps there's so many things that we've nearly finished. Well, we can think about coming up to the end of another year. We're thinking about coming up to another, the end of another school year. All teachers go, yes! Um, oh, haven't I got it on my ear? After all the years of putting a microphone on. Um, sorry. Um, do you want me to start again, or you're right? Okay. Uh, but perhaps there's other things that we've come to an end of. Uh, perhaps we've come to the end of some health issues. Perhaps we've come to the end of our working life in the last 12 months. Perhaps we've... Uh, oh, have you? Um, you've been talking about that for a number of years, haven't you? You've finally done it. Wow, okay. Sorry, just a bit of banter. Um, uh, Maybe we finished a job uh, because we were sick of it. Uh, Maybe we finished a job because, well, we didn't have a choice. Maybe we've finished um, or seen the end of a friendship over the last few months, over the last 12 months, for various reasons. Maybe COVID revealed something that was already there and it just amplified it. Maybe we've grieved the end of a life for one of our loved ones. Maybe we've fallen in love and so we've said, that's all, folks, to the single life. Oh? (laughs) Maybe we've been going together for a while and we've chosen to get married and so that's really the end of the single life. That's all, folks. Maybe we decided after we've been married or for a number of years and uh, it's, it's, we've have, we found out we're about to have our first child, our second child, and so that's the end of any life. Um, no, sorry, that came out wrong. It's the end of sleep, it's the end of, I don't know, but that's the end of married life as you knew it. You know, those moments that you'd sit on the couch and romantically hold hands? That's the end of it for a few months. Maybe, maybe you're sitting here and you've finished with primary school, and that's in grade three. Um, maybe you've, you know, you're saying that's all, folks, to your school life. Maybe you're saying that's all, folks, to finishing uni. There's a sense of anticipation. And as as we think about that's all, folks, as we think about the end, as we think about concluding something, we also recognise that there's a new beginning in that. I mean, if you think about maybe a a friendship that's ended, 
and we try and begin a new friendship, we become a bit guarded, a bit uncertain about that. That we kind of bring those things from our old friendship into new relationships or we go into them a bit cautious. Um, with every ending, there is a sense of loss. Though, even those endings that we chose to participate in, even those endings that we thought were a good idea, those endings that we thought God might be inviting us into, there's a sense of, oh, sense of loss. Whether it was forced upon us or a natural conclusion. But with every ending, with every conclusion, there is a beginning. It's rarely easy and it's rarely straightforward, even if it is our decision. And a new beginning will often leave us feeling disoriented um, because beginnings are messy. If you think about uh, finishing uni or finishing study and all of a sudden you go and get a, a, a new job or you get your job that aligns with the study that you've pursued, all of a sudden you realise how much you don't know despite the years that you've done at university. Because you've got to apply all this theory, all this paperwork that you've done, all the assignments that you've done, all of a sudden you've got to apply it in practical real life. It doesn't quite gel quite so neatly. Or you go to a new job or a new person and you hope for more from the people there and it doesn't quite all go according to plan. And it can be frustrating. We can be under-resourced, we're overwhelmed by learning new information, we're taking on new skills that are either expected or unexpected, we're making different decisions and it can be overwhelming as much as we might anticipate new beginnings. They can be a little bit messy, can they not? Can they not? That might be your experience, whether you're in the room here today or whether you're watching online. We've all experienced that to some extent. And as we conclude reading through Mark today, we have an invitation to a new beginning. It is a messy beginning. It is an uncertain and a not very convincing ending. But you and I also have an invitation into a new beginning. And I do say a new way. I don't care how long you've been sitting here. I don't care how long you've been thinking about following Jesus. I don't care how long you've been participating in the way of the Christian life. Because the reality of calling ourselves Christian is that we can call ourselves Christian, tick ourselves off the list and the box that we think and the tasks that we think are required to declare ourselves Christian and yet fail to be deeply transformed by the person of Christ. And so we're invited to consider a new way of thinking, of being and participating in life. We're exploring this later addition to the Gospel of Mark. Scholars agree that um, the Gospel of Mark included naturally at verse 8 of Mark chapter 16. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. That's hardly an inspiring ending. I mean, if you watched that as a movie, you'd, you'd, that's about what you'd respond. If you watched that movie and that's how the movie ended, you'd go, what? You'd be disappointed with that ending as a movie, wouldn't you? If you'd had this anticipation, if you'd been sitting there watching the story of Jesus' life unfolding, his ministry unfolding, and this was the conclusion, you would leave the movie theatre angry. It's not a, an inspiring ending at all. But the reality about this time and this season, there's actually no laws of plagiarism in this time. There's no sense of copying anyone's work. And if you thought you knew what the teacher would say that you were following, you could write something under your name, under their name, sorry. 
So if you felt like it, you could go out and think, I know what Simon would say, and put his name to it. Now, there's laws around that today. But in this time, there wasn't. I just see how inspired you all were to go out and write something in my name too. It's just, <laughs> just your overwhelming response was just... Um, so the next few verses, verses 9 to 20, draws from other sources. And you can see the links to the Gospels, um, as, uh, the other Gospels of uh, Matthew, Luke and John. And you can also see some parallels to Acts. And Jared actually did a, a great job of unpacking this, this extra text on April the 4th. And the beauty about the season that we're in is that you don't even have to remember what he said. You can go back and watch it again. So I'd encourage you to do that because I'm not going to go into those details. Needless to say, the next few verses and the verses we're exploring today have commonly been accepted as additions because this is a very unsatisfying ending. <clears throat> so here we go. Verse 9 of Mark chapter 16. All your Bibles are open, New Version Bible app, whatever you like, however you use it, write notes, underline things. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them. While they were walking in the country, these returned and reported to the rest but they did not believe them either. So how many times have we heard this so far? This is twice. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So in this short space of time, we see Jesus appears three separate occasions. How does a story like this last 2,000 years? Like if you wanted any other evidence that God had made himself known and revealed through the person of Jesus was in fact real. How does this story last 2,000 years? There's no way that this story should last according to human standards. Really, is there? I mean, if this was your, imagine that this was your startup company, right? You're the CEO of a business that wants to change the world. You work with a group of people for three years, night and day. You share meals with them. You teach them new skills. You bring new revolutionary technology to them. And you're out of action for three days. And in that three days, everyone that you've worked for has just disappeared. Everyone that has spent time with you in the last three years watching and learning has said, that was a waste of time. I mean, as a company model, this is a terrible model. This is a terrible business model. Everyone has had a bit of a hiccup and everyone has lost faith in what was promised. And in these encounters, I'm reminded of the dad longing for his son to be healed. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe that's where you are today, wherever you're watching this. I do believe, I want to believe, help me overcome my unbelief. So this dad recognises 
more than anything else, certainly out of desperation for his son's health, but recognises more than anything else his need for Jesus. And he throws himself at the mercy of Jesus. <clears throat> you know what? I identify with the disciples. I don't know, do you identify with the disciples? I feel like sometimes a bit worthless, full of failures, disappointment. It's been overwhelming. It's too hard. I'm not sure this actually makes sense. I'm not sure it's actually worth it. I'm not sure I'm actually cut out for it. Do you ever feel like that or is that just me putting my heart on the line here for you? I feel uncertain. I feel hesitant. And you know what fascinates me about this? Is that Jesus doesn't wipe them off. Jesus doesn't wipe them off. You think about the people that you and I have wiped off just because they've annoyed us. Oh, we follow Jesus though, but not anything to do with them. <laughs> you think about the events of the last few weeks, the last few months, and how that's changed the nature of relationships. And sadly, I've wrestled with saying this, but I'm going to say it and put it out in the open. The people who have responded with the least grace, the least compassion, the least mercy, have been the people who declare themselves to be followers of Jesus. And that's my greatest sadness in this season. Call ourselves Christian and fail to be deeply formed by the one we claim to follow. Oof. And still, Jesus initiates the conversation even in our lack of faith and our lack of obedience. Jesus still shows up and reveals himself. Jesus still shows up and says, come, follow me. Despite the disappointment, Despite the frustration, Jesus enters their space, our space. Despite the lack of faith, Jesus breaks into our world. The beginning is messy, but it's not the end of the story. And man, I hope that we're in the middle of a messy beginning right now. You know, 18 months ago, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, this is a great opportunity for the church. Maybe we'll see people come to faith. Maybe we'll see the church come alive. And you know what? My heart aches because I'm not convinced. Are you? I am because it's the promise of God. Well, that went down a path I wasn't expecting today. And we have to choose, ladies and gentlemen, time and time and time again. And this is a point in history where you and I have to choose again. What does it mean to follow this Jesus, the Christ? I bet you wish I just left it with Mark now, don't you? How we respond to Jesus, the Son of God. In this season, for this time, for this moment, you're it. In your workplace, you're it. In your neighbourhood, you're it. You might be it in your family. 
Are you being deeply formed by the person of Jesus? We are invited to throw ourselves at the mercy of Jesus and discover that this is the best place to be because he invites us to have faith, to believe and to follow him. John says, uh, records Jesus saying, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And believed is not this, oh, it's just a nice thought. Yes, I can see that. Belief is, as we've said all year, is the participation in. You can believe as a thought, you can believe as an assignment, you can believe as some words on a page in a Bible, but the belief in Jesus that we're actually invited into is to participate in. It's more than just reading his story, it's more than just ticking off the task list, it's more even than just showing up on a Sunday morning, and I hope that we do show up. I think gathering is one of the most important and significant But please don't let that be the only expression of our faith. Because it's not distinctive enough for the world to see the person of Jesus. You're not convinced to follow Collingwood because I go and watch a Collingwood game. It's a saying. Uh, Mark chapter 16 verse 15 goes on he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel the gospel being what good news do we still believe in the good news do we still believe in the power and the person of Jesus as the one who came amongst us moved into our neighborhood moved into our mess changed our lives performed miracles had taught with authority as no one else has taught died a brutal political death, shook up the religious institutions, turned them upside down, and to all that, his father, as he sought to do his will of his father, he said, yes, this is what I believe abundant life is. Yes, this is the promise of life. This is the resurrected life. And he raised him from the dead. That's the good news. Not that he lived and that he died. Everyone does that. The good news is that because of the way that he lived, despite his death, God says yes. And we're invited to do the same. One commentator says the risen Lord does not The risen Lord does not wait for his faithless church to get its house in order before announcing the gospel to others. <laughs> if it's not you and I, God will find another way to do it. With all of your questions, with all your uncertainty, go into the world and tell what you have seen and encountered, what you have seen and encountered. Remember what you have seen and encountered. Now that we have heard this story, now that we have participated in this story, what can you tell others about how you have encountered Jesus, how God has met you in your deepest hour of your needs, how God has met you in your hesitation, in your frustration, in your lack of faith? What can you say about how God has met you? And if you're not able to say that, maybe today is the day, the moment where you come back and you say, you know what, God, I've turned this into an institution. I've turned this into a task list. And I need to be reminded of how you have revealed yourself or I need to discover and see something new. Could it be the day for that today? Because, I mean, this, as 
This is an incredible story because even in their initial hesitancy, despite their unbelief, despite their confusion, this small band of people went and proclaimed the good news. And it cost many of them their lives. And we've got the audacity to make our faith about the rights that we want to hold on to. Come on. This is good news. And we will leave the good news along the side of the road to hold on to our rights. I don't mind. Get up, get angry, get sad, get emotional, get frustrated, get annoyed, vote against the government, do whatever you like. But when are we going to be people who proclaim the hope of Jesus in the midst of that? Who will declare that despite my frustration, despite my anger, despite the annoyance of the circumstances, I will put my hope in Jesus. I do believe God. Help me overcome my unbelief. They denied themselves. They pointed to Jesus and they faithfully followed him. And because they did that, they set in motion the capacity or the story that changed the world. The resurrection of Jesus turned the world values and systems on their head. And what's the good news that we're proclaiming today? See, I want to be a part of a group of people, and you know, maybe you do too, that is hesitant, uncertain, and maybe even just a little bit messy. Because I feel a little bit messy at the moment, let me tell you. But I want to be that kind of person in the midst of that willingly, willing to faithfully follow Jesus. And actually, I'm not even concerned with changing the world. To be quite honest at the moment, I just like to see our city transformed. I like to see our city set free from poverty and domestic violence and homelessness. See, we are faced still with the choice to accept Jesus or not, and accept Jesus not as an idea, not as an ideal, but as a way of life, as one who changes me, because there are consequences for that decision, whether we like it or not. And we are seeing the consequences of a world dishonoring God. I'm not saying that COVID is because we've disobeyed God. That's not what I'm saying at all. We are just seeing the long-term effects of a world turning away from God and dishonoring God. We live in a fractured world. We live in, we're amongst people who are becoming incredibly divisive because we are at odds with our creator and therefore we are at odds with ourselves and with one another. What do we need saving from? What do we need saving from? Actually, what have I... <sighs> yeah. Those who believe in me will be saved, Jesus said, uh, and those who don't believe in me... Um, will be condemned. And we go, that's horrible. That's terrible. What kind of God does this? Well, there's just a natural consequence for the decisions we make. We're seeing that. So what do we need saving from? What do you and I need saving from? We need saving from the fact that I can do life on my own. We need, saving uh, we need saving from that life is about my position, my status, my rights, my ability. Yep, 
We still need saving from our pride, from our anger, from our greed, from our selfishness, from our laziness, from our fear, from our isolation, from our indifference to others. And then we finish. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Some of people, that's an indicator that that's not actually been written by whoever wrote the rest of it. Because this is a, a shift from language. It doesn't make it any less powerful. It's just an indicator for people. Thank you, Gary. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Um, I don't, I don't think this is an invitation to go out and test the theory. This is not medical advice. Okay? Please do not go home. Let me say this clearly. Please do not go home and have a few hundred mils of poison to test it out. Just want to make it clear. It's not medical advice. I, I, but what is being said is people who are being faithful followers of Jesus will see some amazing things. We'll see the Spirit of God come. We'll see lives changed. Lives, dare I say, transformed. We'll see healings. We'll see people understanding and being able to interpret new tongues. We'll be able to communicate in language they've never known what it is to communicate, but it will be clear to someone else who needs to hear it. You and I will be able to see um, and, and bring, speak healing into people's lives when we are deeply transformed by the person of Jesus. And even if we don't feel terribly convinced of it, when we are deeply transformed by Jesus, we're still able to say, I do believe, help me overcome my belief in the name of Jesus, may you be healed. That doesn't sound very hard, does it? In the name of Jesus, we cast out fear and anxiety. In the name of Jesus, we cast out division. I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. In the name of Jesus, I stand. Because he lived, he died, and he rose again. And that's good news still. The natural outworking of the mission of Jesus is signs and wonders as we declare his authority over all created things. Remember how his ministry started? If we go all the way back to uh, the start of the, the Gospel of Mark, he had authority over sickness. He had authority over demons. He even had authority over the wind and the waves. And the disciples looked at each other and said, Who is this man? And the crowds got excited. Why? Because he taught as one who had authority like they had never seen or encountered before. And you know what this means now? You and I have the same authority.
See, the true life, the greatest life is found in a personal relationship with Jesus. Because it, but it's messy. Because following Jesus undoes your way of thinking. Following Jesus undoes your pride and invites you to consider something different than what yesterday was. Because following Jesus means we don't get caught up in all the extra stuff that the rest of the world wants us to get caught up. Because following Jesus means that those people that declare the good news and walk in the good news are living distinctive lives. Are our lives distinct? Are our lives distinct where people are looking at us as we walk down the street or as we have conversations or in our workplace? Are our lives distinct enough that they turn and they say, what is it that you have that I don't yet know about? And there's people who will reject you for it. Yep. Remember the crowds that followed Jesus? Remember the crowds that were fed by Jesus? Remember the people who were healed by Jesus? And there are 11 left, barely. And they changed the world because they dared to believe in the good news of Jesus as a way of life that was distinctive, revolutionary, and that they wanted to give themselves to. Jesus turns everything, everything you think to be important or of value upside down. But if we trust in him, we will discover the truth of who we are in him. If we choose to believe and follow him, we will discover the fullness of life in him. And as our team come up, we're just going to close with this song that just declares the name of Jesus. Jesus, what a beautiful name. Jesus, what a powerful name. Jesus, what a, what a name. And I don't know, maybe you've been sitting here, if you're watching online, maybe you just want to sit at home and you just want to sit quietly and soak in this song, we'd love to have a conversation with you about it. You can contact us at horsham.org.au to have that conversation. We'd love to pray with you really intentionally and really purposefully. You can contact us and we'll be in touch with you throughout the week. If you're in the house here today and you maybe you want to declare Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour for the first time, maybe you've been wavering on the edge maybe you've kind of been half-hearted maybe you've lost sight of it and maybe this season has overwhelmed you i get that my goodness i get that we all get that don't we could day today the end of the god when you hear the gospel of mark you go when we got to the end of the gospel of mark man it was a long haul that year but i got to the end of that year i wasn't going to say that's all folks i'm going to say Jesus, I declare you as Lord of my life again. Maybe you need to say that for the first time. Maybe you need to say that for the 10th time, the 100th time. Maybe you need a miracle in your life. Maybe you need healing in your life. Maybe you need uh, a revelation of the Holy Spirit for your finances, for your work, for the next season. We would love to pray with you. This is the invitation. I'm not standing back up here. We're going to sing the song. We're going to be available for prayer. You can leave for coffee. But if you leave for coffee, don't just go and have a coffee. May the good news stir, excite, awaken enough that we lead distinctive lives as followers of Jesus.